Welcome to Chapter 60. It's our podcast's diamond anniversary. Oh, does that mean I get a... No, 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 no. Oh, come on. No, no. You're no fun. Well, this just in. <laughs> Today we talk to our friend Maline about the wonderful alpaca farm. And the French love their stickers. We just found out all about another one. Welcome to Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. Boy, this this episode is just chock full of good news. I'm I'm very excited about something uh, in particular that came across your telephone the other day, and you only just briefly mentioned it to me. And I really shouldn't even have mentioned it. No, this is great because you're. This is the the big surprise. This is happening right now, right here, live. So you got a. We've been talking about the fiber, and you got a text or email from a company, and tell tell me what it said. It's coming. I know. I know. We we all know it's coming, but it, like we we just had the the guys go by a couple of weeks ago. Looks like the looked like the final mm-hmm. installation of yep. cable. Yep. And uh, they were here for probably a week back and forth, and then we got the stuff in the ground a year ago, and now we're this is what we've been waiting for. So yeah, I know. What what else did they say? It's coming. No, I know you just said that, but what else did they say? Like that's what they said. That's it. That's it. Well, we know it's coming. Yeah. So is the second coming of Christ. <laughs> but, you know, it was one of those mass texts that everybody on the planet, you know, in France, anyway, got saying, it's coming. Well, But that's we've, we've been hearing that for oh, exactly. two and a half years now. That's just that's just pouring salt in the wound is what that's You know, I, I really should have kept it to myself. Oh, I'm well, sorry. I mean, yeah, because che- I've been checking with our provider. So it was from a different provider. Different provider. I've been checking with our provider. Uh, and they're actually the ones installing this crap, and nothing. I've got nothing from them. So okay, I thought. Well, sorry, I'm really sorry. Yeah. That's okay. I was excited, and now not so much. Well, we're starting off on a pretty sour note. <laughs> well, we won't be. We we have a very very good show here though today because we're going to be talking with our friend uh, Melin here very shortly about her. Uh, her beautiful alpaca farm, and we're also going to talk about our visit there uh, before we get her on. Uh, but we ran into something just bizarre, and it turns out they're everywhere. We were just pulling out of a restaurant the other day, and you said, what the hell is that? <laughs> it kind of looked like a bus shelter-ish, right. but it was a machine, like a vending machine. And so I made you pull pull around, come back, and we got out of the car, and it was a vending machine for the bakery. <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. So you can, you can get a, a fresh baguette 24-7. At any one of these little... Yeah. And, and I believe they're, they're war- it comes out warm. It, we have... Yeah. I, th- I think the way it works, and I'm not an expert in baking bread, but I think they're par-baked. And then they get individually um, baked uh, when it's time to deliver them through the machine. Holy cow. So, and and I think um, the bakeries fill them up twice a day. So there's always a, a, a good quantity of product available. And since we did this and took the pictures, which I'll 
post on our Facebook page at Jeff and Julie moved to France. Since we did this, you've also you've noticed more of them, right? Yeah, well, I just kind of I thought, is this just unique to this baker, or is this all over? And it's all over France. <laughs> like some Otterroot um, kind of rest stops have them. Yeah, uh, you know, and and it's so important to the French to have bread. And to have it fresh and freshly baked is fantastic. You just need to drop a couple coins in or <laughs> use your credit card. Or no, they don't have credit cards. Your blue card. Um, your bank card. Bank card. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you've got yourself a, a lovely um, baguette. Wow. Well, we're, you know what? We're going to have to try it. We haven't had the need to, to use the machine yet because the bakery's here. We have two of the best bakeries in France, like, 10 minutes away and if one isn't open the other one typically is but we got to tr- we got to try it. We do. Now do you know that <laughs> there's actually a French bread law? What do you mean you mean that when one bakery has to stay open because the other one's closed? Nope. Um every village in France must sell bread. Every village in France must sell bread. By law. If there's no bakery in the village, uh, they have to use a store, post office, or sometimes even a van. A post office? Yep. That <laughs> that becomes a depot, and the sign will say, this bread was brought to you from somewhere else. Holy moly. <laughs> that is incredible. That is they pretty... really take the bread seriously <laughs> here. It's a thing. It's a thing. But I can't wait to try that uh, that machine. Now, did, did you notice whether it had like a choice of your regular loaf yeah. or the baguettes? It yeah. did. Yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah, they had different options. So. Okay. Huh. And that brings me to the French phrase of the day. Nice and early. Yes. All right. Mieux mm-hmm. vos pains en poche que plume au chapeau. Uh, Mieux vos pains en poche que plume au chapeau. Hmm. I just, uh, so it's old... Vaux. Yeah, old. Vaux. Oh, vaux. Mieux vaut pain en poche que plume au chapeau. I, I don't know. I thought vaux was like, uh, like votre. Oh. Uh, it, plural. It, it, it is. It sounds exactly the same. But, but V-A-U-T yeah. is worth. Oh, okay. Or value. So, okay, so better worth. Better worth pocket. Pain en poche. Oh, better worth bread in, in in your pocket than a feather in your hat. There you go. Okay. Perfect. All right. Yeah. Right. So it, it's uh it's better to have uh. food in your in your mm-hmm. house than spending money on something silly. Okay. Well, we have English have uh, similar sayings to that, right? A bird in the hand is oh, worth two in the bush. That's true. Isn't that the same saying? But it has nothing to do with bread or food. <laughs> Six of one, half dozen. Of, no, that's not. That doesn't work either. Yeah, completely. Okay. Anyway, you did really well. That's that's great. You got all. Do you see the smoke coming out of yeah, the top I of do. my head on that I one? Do. Yeah. No, I. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a good uh, French phrase of the day. Very nice. Excellent. Yeah, we. Oh, uh, oh, by the way, we just found out. Uh, we, we were talking about it off the top. The French just love their stickers, don't they? Yes. And we just found out about another one. I tell you what, I... So uh, this one also... So 
This one also goes on the windshield of your car. So so for, so here they have your little, uh, it's about two inches by two inches, proves that you have insurance. That goes on your windshield. And then a thing called the control technique, which is the emissions test. For the older cars. Yeah, yeah for the older cars. That goes on the windshield. And now uh, it's called crit air. And now that is going to go on the windshield. Is there going to be any room to see out of the windshield? <laughs> if they keep on going, it's going to be nuts. And you know what this is all about? And this is a new initiative for 2023. It is all about reducing CO2 emissions in France in the major cities. And so what this is, is you're going to get a grading. Each car that has ever been built has a grading of its emissions from one to I think it's six. six. Yeah. But here, here, and, and, and then so uh, all vehicles, including vehicles from the EU not registered in France, have to purchase, purchase. We're, <laughs> of we're, course. We're getting May to we. <laughs> we're, we're getting to that. Have to purchase uh, this sticker and it has to be displayed on your windshield. And then if you're driving, let's say you, you have a, a car that pollutes more than another one, then there are certain places and times in these cities where you cannot drive that car. And if you're caught, it's like a thousand euro fine. But each city has different <laughs> requirements. Yeah, you have to do, if you're heading for a major city in France, you've got to go online and research where you can drive and, and make sure that you've got your, the proper little sticky so that you don't get a fine. Yeah. So uh, I, uh, I went on there and I signed up uh, our cars and... Uh, you you can go through this. You can kind of try and find out what number your car is. So uh, I went through this labyrinth rat maze of a rabbit hole to try and type. I'm typing in all these numbers and everything, and all of a sudden the number pops up. Huh. And uh, for our cars, the number is two. I will tell you all about number two. Uh, with this <laughs> stupid, this is so uh, unwieldy because, as you just mentioned, each city has a different set of criteria for the numbers assigned to these cars. You have to go ahead and research the city, find out when you can drive there if you have a... Uh, and then, yes, the money. Now it's not a lot of money. It's three euros seventy uh, plus postage, and it takes about five to ten days to get your little number two sticker. Um, but still, again, it's with the bloody money. And, and, the and you know, you you think, oh, it's just you know, I'll round it up four euros. Who cares, right? But think about all the cars that are out there that it's a mandatory purchase. And so, you know, four euros times, I don't know how many cars there are in France. I know. It, it's tens of millions of, of dollars. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's kind of like that seven euro visa that they're asking uh, people coming in from the UK, Canada, New yeah. Zealand. It, it doesn't seem like it's a lot to come and visit the country. You're already spending a lot to come to the Schengen area. But seven euros times 10 million visitors, mm -hmm. we're talking about Big chunk of change. Big chunk of change. Now, the the, the one uh, 
the one piece of lemonade here from this squeezable lemon, once acquired and affixed to the vehicle's windscreen, that's what they call a windshield here, the sticker is valid for the entire life of the vehicle. So at least we're not having to do that every year. <sighs> Thank goodness. I know. So that's, that's the latest little money grab from the French government. So... We visited our friend Maline and our partner Daniel's alpaca farm. Uh, oh, my God, they're so cute. I don't think outside of a sloth there is a cuter animal on the planet. I can't believe you think a sloth is oh, cute. I, I tell you what, I'd have a sloth farm. I, I I would I love those things so much. <laughs> what is wrong with oh, you? Oh no, the sloth. It's it's first of all, it's got these big nails and it moves at <laughs> at a snail's pace. Nothing is important. I don't need to be in a rush to get anywhere. And then that little face comes around. I love a sloth. Love a sloth. I but, I like me the alpacas. Yeah, no, I know they're, they're beautiful. Anyway, and they don't own a sloth farm, Jeff. So uh, let's, let's talk, talk about, about the alpacas. <laughs> It, it's just it's on a beautiful spread of land, and and Madeline was nice enough to walk us through all the different pastures and parks because the the alpacas are, are separated into different groups. Yeah, and it was just so fun to see to see them react to us. I yeah. mean, they know her very very well. well, and she knows all of them. Yes, uh, we'll find out uh, in a second when we talk to Malin, just how many there are, but she's got names for every one of them. and Oh, and really cute names and different haircuts. And and then she brought us into her, her beautiful boutique <laughs> where there's all this, she, she showed us some of the finest uh, alpaca wool, uh, some of the garments and, and accessories that are made out of the wool. And it's just, uh, it's it's great. They're, they're a, a fun animal to, to be around. Yeah, and and uh, yes, they they will spit at you. They will spit at they you. They didn't spit at us. They didn't spit at us. No, but sometimes uh, when she's got business to do with them, whether it's a medical thing or something like that, or the, the baby needs to be separated from the mother or something like that for uh, veterinarian reasons, oh, they'll 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 hawk a loogie right at you. <laughs> they will. <laughs> that's the way, that's their way of saying uh, no. Enough's enough. Yeah. Uh, oh, and it was great because she has a, a beautiful horse and a donkey and goats, and so it was just it was just a really nice way to spend the morning. No kidding. And uh, it it was they've 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 like you said they've got all these other animals, and uh, and then plus dogs and cats. So uh, it's a it's a regular menagerie over there. It's fun. Yeah. So listen, we've made our guest uh, wait long enough. So, joining our podcast today, we are pleased to introduce you to Malin from Animolin. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yep, you did. Thank okay. you. Okay. And, and uh, further to that, uh, you run Alpacas de la Vallée du Lot. Yes, that's the slogan that we have for, for our alpaca. You and Daniel. Yep, exactly. And we had the pleasure of visiting you last week, and your menagerie of gorgeous alpacas were just so stunning and cute. They're so adorable. How many do you have? Right now at the farm, there's 39 of them. Wow. And, and, and we noticed that you have names for each of them, and you have no problem identifying who is 
Of course. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I, it, it, it's, and some of the names you've got for the alpacas, I'm telling you. And then you, then you see the pictures, by the way, which we will be featuring on the Facebook page at Jeff and Julie Move to France. They are just, I'm telling you, they're the cutest animals on the planet. I tend to agree with you. <laughs> and not only that, but you know them also by their personalities. Yeah, they have quite different personalities. It, it, so do you um, put them together based on their personalities? Sometimes we do, but actually, to be very honest, it's more a matter of space and more physical conditions. So, for example, you saw we have little males in one group, mm -hmm. the young males, mm -hmm. uh, separated from the big boys, not to have them fight unequal sizes. Right. Get it. So the younger ones are together and the more mature, bigger ones Exactly. Another setting. So where are you guys from, first of all? And, and, and maybe you could just highlight why you decided to get into this business and why you decided on southwest France. That's a uh, lot, I know. Yeah, that was sort of a big question. <laughs> uh, so starting out a little bit. So I'm, I'm actually, uh, I'm origin Swedish. So this is the original IKEA accent. <laughs> And uh, Daniel is Swiss, and I have been working in Switzerland for a number of years. So that sort of starts out with explaining part one. Mm -hmm. uh, however, Daniel was already down in the south of France, and I was living just uh, on the side of Basel, working in big pharma, having a big job and jetting around the world. And... Um, well, sometimes things change. One door closes, another opens. And that's how I ended up actually moving down to the south. So me not going back and forth between Alsace and the south. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's when we started with alpacas. So how, how many years have you been in the alpaca? We've had alpacas. It's uh, seven years now. Seven years. Wow. Yeah. And um, you were explaining that you also do uh, shows with the alpaca. You have award-winning alpacas. Yes. <laughs> so you've got a show coming up. Yes, the next show is coming up in April 15th, 16th. And, and, and what, what sort of, uh, what's in it for you? Uh, what are they looking at uh, on, on the alpacas? All right, so there's... Basically, they look at two aspects of the alpaca. One is just that it's a nice-looking animal, straight legs, straight teeth, all the... Straight know. teeth? Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> and the other 50% is the quality of the wool. So it's a 50-50. What's in it for us? Fame, <laughs> reputation, mm -hmm. okay. and uh, spending a little bit of money. Yeah, because there, there's there's really no prize money, but in the end, if you, if you place... Um, then all of a sudden you, exactly, your exactly. alpacas are worth more. And For example, the group of five alpacas that are moving to Spain soon, mm -hmm. um, that is a gentleman. He came up from Spain to look at our alpacas because he'd seen about us in the press and having good results at a show. So, so that's the game. It's good public relations to have award winners. Yes. Well, it's it's also that. Plus, for us, what's really important is to get a objective um, evaluation of our animals. Are we really on the right track with what we're doing? Or, you know, is there something that we need to change? Where are we rating, ranking compared to the others? So right. the really the key purpose for us is to learn. Interesting. Well, clearly you're doing a good, a good job because in your shop where you sell uh, garments, scarves, all made with alpaca wool, you sell the, the, the alpaca wool itself. Um, we saw just a bunch of, of ribbons. 
Yes. <laughs> so you're you're clearly doing doing well. Yes, we were very excited. So for a couple of years, grace to COVID, yeah, I know you know more about that and had more of the pains. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but there hadn't been any alpaca shows for a number of years. So last year in April was the first one here in France. And we had the luck. We went with five animals and four actually made first in their class. So we were amazing. we were just so excited. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> and how many animals are you taking with you uh, in this upcoming show? Uh, we're going with seven. We were really on the verge with two, but then I decided to. All right, all in. Let's go. Okay. And how do you actually get them there? In the big truck that we have. So we basically have a vehicle uh, specially for the alpacas. Mm-hmm. So it has different boxes in there with all the ventilation, the heating, whatever you would need. <laughs> and h- how long a trip is it going to be for them? Uh, this time it's in Brive, so uh, uh, it's not far not at all. Far. It's going to be about two and a half hours. Great. And then the next show coming up in France is in November, which is right next to Dijon. So that's going to be another... That's going to be six and a half, seven hours. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And uh, so who's going? Who's going on, on this trip? Do you, do you know their names right off the top of your head? All right, of course. <laughs> it's uh, from the boys. We have Eddie, Luke, Colin, the three that you met. Yes. Okay. In one park together. Then with Caesar, And we just decided when we had a close examination that Jethro gets to go. Jethro. <laughs> Joining will be Joya. And Havana from the ladies. So two ladies and five guys. Exactly. I wonder if Jethro's going to swim in the <laughs> cement pond. <laughs> so yeah. you asked about the names. So basically, uh, we pick a theme okay. every year for the babies. So I don't know if somebody of you or uh, solicitors want to propose a theme for this year. We're expecting 12 babies. Oh, my. Last year, the theme was celebrities. Oh. oh. So that's how you got to Jethro. Or how you got to all those names. We also have Mahatma. (laughs) (laughs) But we haven't picked a theme for this year yet. So if one of your listeners wants to suggest themes for Mm -hmm. baby alpaca names this year. Have you ever done animated characters? No, we haven't yet. There's a a thought. (laughs) That'd be interesting. Yeah. Hey, there's Shrek. Okay. (laughs) There's Pluto. The the cuddly alpaca Shrek. (laughs) Uh, so if if um, people want to drop in and, and, and visit the farm, what what should they do? Uh, it's very easy to find us on Google. If you basically just Google alpaca somewhere near here, uh, you're going to find us very quickly. Uh, during off-season, like now, we're open during the weekends, Saturday, Sundays. Right. Uh, but uh, basically starting Easter onwards towards end of September, it's... Uh, five to six days per week. Okay. You know, yeah. one of the things I noticed about moving here uh, from Canada where we have two official languages, but 90% of the country only speaks English, is uh, in Europe, it's like, oh, I've got to learn a new language? Oh, okay. Like, How many languages are you familiar with? How many do you speak fluently? Because you've picked up French so quickly. I'm just I'm, <laughs> I'm just ready to take all my books and my l'art de conjuguer and just toss it in the basket. Uh, well... I would say my Swedish is pretty good. Well, it should be. Uh, <laughs> I would guess so. <laughs> then basically, well, English. I worked in an English-speaking environment with, with Big Pharma. Uh, being married to Swiss guys, so we speak Swiss German at home. So I think I get by in that. And then, well, it's French. 
on the learning curve. Uh, and no, Sw- you speak very well. Switzerland's probably the ultimate uh, country in the world for multi-languages, yeah. wouldn't you think? Italian, German, Well, you already French. have four official languages yeah. in Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, it's it's around that area when you live there. People are just, basically, everybody speaks a couple of languages. Right. It's, it's normal. Yeah. What are the four languages in Switzerland, official languages? German, mm-hmm. French, Italian, and Rettgeromansch. What? It's like an old, I think it's very close to Latin, actually. Really? Yeah, that's spoken in some of the areas of Switzerland. And uh, for a long time, it was almost a little bit on, on the downhill path. Mm-hmm. And then it became really fashionable again to speak. So it's picking up. They have radio shows in it. It's um, I've You never... don't understand a word. <laughs> I've, I've never heard of that. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. Well, there you go, Canada. None of those four were English, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Well, this has been fantastic. I I, I do have to ask you, though, um, because you've heard a couple of our our podcasts, um, and the first seven or eight of our podcasts were nothing but... The, the travails of uh, of moving the trials. trials and <laughs> of moving here and uh, and and our our issues with well both governments really Canada and and France have you have you have you this is a stupid question have you had any run-ins with the French government <laughs> oh you're hilarious <laughs> you're simply hilarious <laughs> do you think we've had some issues no why would that be um so as you have commented on your podcast, there's about seven zillion forms to fill out everything you <laughs> want to do. And I think the most recent one where what was driving me over the hill was, <laughs> so we were in Ariège, mm-hmm. um, that's a little bit further east on the Spanish border before moving here. And that was just moving the company from A to B, which to me sounded like you Should be sent fine. somebody in a new address. No. So basically, we are uh, we own the property that we have, and one of the forms that we needed to fill out, well, it was actually a form. I needed a freehand letter, was to give <laughs> us the authorization to have the company at our place that you own. <laughs> so handwritten, yes. We, yeah, we had to do that to declare that we weren't going to work. That's here. right. That's yeah. right. So we've had a couple of run-ins with the alpacas. The authorities are beginning to pick up on the fact that they're alpacas. Um, but in the beginning, it was a lot easier if you compare to... So we have a couple of goats for mm-hmm. pleasure. Mm-hmm. And if you need to drive with a goat from A to B, you need to fill in a form in four copies and send them off. So one for the owner of the goat, one for the people doing the transport, one for the authorities. Oh my. With the alpacas, they haven't figured that out yet. So we're sort of good. Hopefully they're not listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, they, they, probably, they probably wouldn't won't. No. speak English. <laughs> no. <laughs> what what made you decide on this part of France? Um, we were in Ariège. We really liked it there. And uh, where's that now? What part is that? So that's Ariège. That's close to to the Pyrenees. It's really bordering to Spain. Okay. But further east, and we were there, and we sort of liked it. Uh, but it's very hilly land so you're really beginning to get into the alps which means that the land is a little bit more difficult to deal with and we did not we needed more land we didn't have enough land so we started looking and for us it was very clear that we were moving towards the atlantic not going towards the mediterranean mm-hmm. because heading that direction is just a little too crowded for our taste mm-hmm. 
and we just want a little bit of space, a little bit of space to your neighbors, uh, whatever, and that's how we ended up here. And for us, one of the one of the key reasons for this area, besides its beauty, was the fact that it's not necessarily a tourist destination area, and so it doesn't get that clotted up in the uh, in the busy months of uh, July and August. We still have a fair amount of tourists yeah, here. If you not, look at all the guest houses, but it's it's, it's, it's not, not Provence. It's, oh no 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 no. <laughs> but but you know I think that we don't have the right perspective because we moved here in 2020 in the middle of the pandemic when there was no traveling. So what we noticed a definite uptick last summer mm-hmm. with people traveling through this area or staying in this area, and we'll probably see more activity even this summer. There is definitely a clear difference here, summer and winter, Mm. if you look at it, because basically, just look at the amount of restaurants that are open here wintertime and summertime, (laughs) and you have a clear indication that there is still a little bit of a tourist business going on here. Yeah, uh, but we really don't have that much of a choice through the winter. I mean, when we go out for lunch, which we like to do, where do you want to go today? Ah, Who's open? Who's open? And they change their (laughs) schedules all the time, and it's, it's... it's really strange, but it's, that's... It's part of living here. Yeah, it's part of it's part of the adventure, Helen. <laughs> yeah, things are different here. Yes, they really are. Uh, we want to thank you so much for joining us here today. And I'm going to put all your contact information on our Facebook page, along with some great photos of Jethro and oh, yeah. the gang. The cuties. Uh, which was the one, by the way, because I got a great shot of the one. You, you filled up a bunch of buckets of water, and they decided to try and fit themselves into <laughs> the, the buckets. Bucket. <laughs> That might have been lightning that you were seeing that was trying to get into the bucket of water. Okay. All right. That got a great shot of of her, right? Yep. Yeah. Getting into the water. So uh, we'll include that and your contact information for all of our friends who uh, may want to come down, see us, and then we'll bounce over and uh, check out some alpacas and goats. Would be lovely. Then we are very happy to do the tour and take a walk around the fields and uh, they get to meet our alpacas. Wonderful. Thanks, Jeff. This has been great. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Thanks, Taylor. I'm so happy Malin was able to drop by and and see us, and and she confirmed what I um, have known, I think, or suspected for a while. What's that? That our property is perfect for alpacas. You know, I... Didn't get that from her. I, what I got was n- n- not near enough land, and um, we don't have enough very, grass. Very liar, yeah. liar. And, and, and those stalls, and we, those stalls are just for horses. Uh-huh. I, I think you can't uh-huh. use them for the alpacas. And of course, goats would be a bad idea. Oh, oh, oh. don't get me started <laughs> on goats. I mean, I, really, I don't know. It's something to think about. Yeah. Well, listen, you're going to have to think about one thing or the other. Do you want to travel or do you want to sit around here and feed animals? all day because that's (laughs) it's one or the other for right now maybe when we get older julie we can have some alpacas have have some alpacas gobbing at you every morning (laughs) (laughs) that was really cool though and um uh, you know we do have the perfect setup here for alpacas so we will have to give that some thought Hey, before we uh, get on to our next topic here today, I just wanted to grab a couple of uh, comments from the uh, Facebook page at Jeff and Julie Moved to France. Uh, this is from Leslie Taylor on Chapter 40. Now, that was that was back when uh, Dan Duran and Lisa were here. Oh, yeah. And actually, it's funny because uh, the, the comment from Leslie is, I was able to procure three bottles of this on your recommendation, um, and it was... 
over the picture from the uh, winery that we went to. Oh, yeah. My brother bought them at the SAQ in Montreal and delivered them to me in Toronto. A real bargain, 16 bucks a bottle. Just tried it this evening, and it's fantastic. <laughs> I love Kaor. Always interested in hearing more of your wine recommendations. Cheers. Now, what's interesting is Dan sent me an email this week. No. Wondering where he could get it and what the name of it was. Uh, you know, I don't know, Dan. Uh, have you heard of the podcast, Dan? You were on the podcast, Dan. All you had to do is check the podcast, Dan, and you would have found Claude La Coutelle. Tally? Uh, Coutelle? La Coutelle. La Coutelle. La Coutelle. Claude La Coutelle. Yeah, it's right there on the podcast, Dan. I don't know if you've heard of Jeff and Julie moved to France. A uh, little thing that we've... <laughs> Dan. Uh, anyway, uh, yes, it's 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 definitely one of our favorites from that region. So thank you, Leslie, on that. Uh, Susan Lundy uh, talking about episode fifty nine, our last episode. We were catching up on a few episodes, driving to Mont Tremblant in beautiful Quebec. What a surprise when we got to our Airbnb and they had a raclette. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. They said that they're going to be trying it on Saturday night. Love your podcast. We've been following along since last July. Very cool. Wow. And I think I uh, misspoke when talking about fast food uh, because I got two comments about Krispy Kreme. Remember I said, oh, yes. I think it's sort of lost wind. Oh, you caused a little kerfuffle. No, no, it wasn't even a kerfuffle. It's just uh, Mike Bertrand uh, commented, uh, you mentioned about Krispy Kreme. That same location that you were talking about gets 50 car lineups on the weekends. Jeez. So I guess uh, I guess the shine hasn't worn off uh, that vase yet. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm amazed. I just, I'm really amazed that... Uh, well, look, if you a have donut, a sweet tooth, I think I, I it's kind of like the, you know, creme de la Krispy Kreme. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's very good, very good. Uh, I'm here all night. Try the veal. All righty. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know, on a more, for me, disturbing note, we got some news um, that is potentially going to be... Um, World uh, bummer. A big bummer, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, we, we've, we've talked about um, the magnificent views that we have of the Lot Valley. It's it's stunning. Farm fields, fertile land, the different landscape depending on the seasons. It's just stunning. Well, we found out that um, one of the farm fields, which is perfectly farmable, um, is uh, they're, they're trying... Proposing. To, yeah. Proposing to implement a six-hectare solar farm a yep. complex yeah surrounded by fence and barbed wire because that's the uh, protocol that's the requirement and six hectares which just so you know uh six hectares is not that's a whole lot more than six acres just so you know yeah and and you know something's curious about this whole process because you know the, the chamber of Ab agriculture apparently gave its first approval and there there's so many rules and regulations that this goes against mm -hmm. like uh, one thing that we've heard is you you cannot have had a fertile crop uh, for 10 years in in that area well last year they had a bumper crop of wheat and I've got pictures of it. It's also um, supposed to not be in anybody, anybody's line of sight. Well, it's in everybody's line of sight. Yeah. It, how, how can it not be? Yeah. 
Uh, it's at the bottom of the valley. So anybody who has an elevated view is going to be looking right at the solar panels. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it, the good thing is that we are rallying uh, the community and the neighbors, and there are some really smart uh, active and uh, uh, hardworking people. And this committee has n newly been formed as of a week ago. Uh, and a second meeting is planned uh, to go over some of the information that has been uh, discovered over the past week. And, uh, you know, there, there are uh, some bright notes. Um, again, it's not that solar energy is bad. No. It's not that we're against solar energy, but there are so many places that you can put a farm. It doesn't have to be on fertile land. Yeah. And one of the one of the smart things that the French government, that's right. One of the smart things that the French government has done. I said it. You have it on record. <laughs> one of the smart things the French government has done is they've now required sh new shopping malls that are going to be putting canopies over their parking lots. Or maybe even it's 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 it's. it's well, I think it's every big every, parking lot. Every big parking lot must have a solar panel over top of the cars. And I'm telling you, this is a brilliant idea. You've got a parking lot, the hideous parking lot anyway, and these solar panels work. Uh, in favor of the shopping center in two different ways. They're providing shelter for the cars, but more importantly, they are generating power and probably, like in, in the case of an intermarché, they're probably ahead of the game by putting these solar panels up in the long run. Right. Well, where we go at Leclerc, um, they're in the energy business. Right. That's right. So there's, they'll, they'll be selling their own energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, industrial sites, no problem. Infertile land, uh, not a problem. But this is disruptive on so many levels. Right. Um, so hopefully um, we'll win the fight. Yeah. We're, I made a video. We're, we're going to be having a few more meetings and we will keep you posted on uh, the developments of this thing. I think we have a case. But, you know, when Julie says suspicious, this is really suspicious. And I think we all know what suspicious means. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get to the bottom of this. And, uh, you know, if we have to bring in a lawyer, we'll bring in a lawyer. But right now. Uh, we're going to be hitting the media, mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to be hitting the council members with uh, this video and and anyone else who's willing to see. But oh, yeah, and we're forming a petition. Yeah, um, there's going to be a, a Facebook page. Like really, it, everybody's being mobilized in order to um, you know create attention and make some noise. But not really why we moved here. Yeah, you know, just we just want to retire and have fun. Anyway, we'll keep you posted on the latest hurdle <laughs> for Jeff and Julie. But that's it for uh, that's it for today's uh, podcast number sixty in the can. On next week's show, we hope to have a little more information on the ongoing fiber situation and an uh, update on the proposed uh, yeah. solar farm application. Yeah. All right. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next Friday. <laughs> a bientôt. Bye. <laughs>